and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one amazing page of Talmud every day. In yesterday's page, we read all about how Persia's King Cyrus was this wonderful, majestic ruler, so incredible that the prophet Haggai really counted him among the righteous kings. And in today's page, well, it will not shock you to learn that the relationship with government has soured. Have a listen. And if you wish, says the Talmud, say, from where do we derive that Cyrus became corrupt? As it is written with regard to the building of the temple, that he issued the following command. Let the house be built with three rows of great stones and a row of new timber, and let the expense be paid out of the king's house. Why did he do it in this manner and command that the temple be built with a row of timber? He thought, if the Jews rebel against me, I will burn their temple with fire, and it will be more flammable because of the wood. Right here, we have a sort of house of cards situation, a tale of government perfidy and betrayal, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the podcast one of my absolute, not only favorite authors, but favorite people. She's the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Light in Hidden Places, and more recently, the incredible novel, Bluebird. Sharon Cameron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Liel. It is an absolute pleasure, and as soon as I read today's page of Talmud, Bluebird immediately jumped to mind. Tell us the story of this amazing new book. Bluebird is the story of Eva, who is a German immigrant arriving in New York City in 1946. So she's stepping straight out of the fires of of one war into another far, far colder one. But Eva has not come to America to start a new life. She's come seeking justice and a Nazi who has slipped its net and she's bringing a secret with her, and that is the secret of Project Bluebird. So Bluebird is is really a novel of the incredible juxtaposition of two very different pieces of forgotten American history. And both of these pieces of history shocked me for utterly opposite reasons. So so the first piece of forgotten history is a program called Powell House. Which, by the way, just to be clear, what you're telling us now is absolutely true history. This is the real parts of the novel um, and really what comes you know together to make the story. But yes, this is all all the real things. So so Powell House was a program being run by the American Friends Service Committee, which is the civil service wing of the Quakers. So it was being run from an exclusive mansion on the Upper East Side of New York, and it was being run by Quaker volunteers for the purpose of extending practical help, friendship, and unconditional love to the refugees of war. And there was no matter too big or too small for Powell House if you needed your relatives trace, if you needed money sent home, if you needed a new suit of clothes sewn, if you needed English lessons, citizenship classes, how to use the subway, if you needed a doctor or a vacation, they they had that covered And they would assign you an American friend to help with these things. And that friend could be white, African-American, Eastern European, Catholic, Jewish, Quaker, or an atheist. They were people who did not see 
boundaries because the point of the program was friendship. It brought together the Protestant churches, Catholic churches, the Jewish Women's Council, the churches of Harlem, the Urban League, government organizations, Hunter College, even the Guggenheim was involved. It was a program that was so far ahead of its time in terms of social justice that it's actually just hard to believe that it even existed. That's the first piece of forgotten history. The second piece of forgotten history is Project Bluebird. And Project Bluebird was a secret CIA operation of truly horrific and inhumane psychological medical experimentation that was begun not long after Germany's defeat at the very beginnings of the Cold War. And the aim of this program was to split the human personality and gain control of the human mind. They wanted to create the perfect spies and assassins, so killers that did not know they were killers. And it sounds like science fiction. It's Manchurian candidate right. uh, kind of stuff. Um, but these experiments were real. They were performed on unwitting and unconsenting American citizens using methods that came straight from the records of the Dachau concentration camp, just like in many other areas of science during the Cold War. I believe our government was paying Nazi war criminals to do these experiments. Tell me about the research process for Bluebird. I mean, once you find out about that stuff, I assume you then dive down a deep, dark, and depressing rabbit hole? A very deep, dark, and depressing rabbit hole full of conspiracy theories. You can go to so many uh, strange and interesting places delving into uh, mind control experiments by the CIA. I really try to stick to the CIA documents themselves. Anyone can go to the CIA's website, go into their reading room, type in Bluebird, and through the wonders of the Freedom of Information Act, you can read what there is left of these programs. Bluebird eventually became Project Artichoke, which eventually (laughs) became the very infamous... These guys really, really had a knack for names. I love Project Artichoke. I've never been able to figure out exactly why. Whatever explanation for that there is is lost to time. But um, MKUltra is what eventually came to light in the early 70s and was an enormous stain on the reputation of the CIA. The head of the CIA hounds at the time ordered all of the documentation for Bluebird and MKUltra to be destroyed, but there were several hundred boxes misfiled in a warehouse, misstored, I guess, in a, in a warehouse. And so that is what survives. And what survives does read like a science fiction novel. It's hard to believe that they thought it was possible, but they did think it was possible to control the human mind, to create killers that did not know they were killers. And even worse, they were afraid that the Soviet Union already knew how to do it. So it was this fear. (laughs) It was so morally and ethically corrupt Again, it's just hard for me to believe it existed, but in such the opposite way of Powell House. It, it was truly, truly terrible. Sharon Cameron, the novel is Bluebird. It is absolutely fantastic, and we are so grateful to you for being our guest today. Thank you. Thank you.
This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon.